Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Hope you guys are having a wonderful week. Yes, it's been a couple of weeks since we have put out an episode. Um, it's just gotten really busy this holiday season. I can't even guarantee you that we're going to have um, another episode out next week or the week after. This may be the last one for the year, but we are going to try. We're going to try to put one out next week on toxic um, foods or just inappropriate human foods for dogs. And then we kind of want to put one out with um, Amanda, our puppy development specialist, on your puppies that you may or may not be kidding at Christmas. So that is kind of the plan. Hang in there with us. Uh, we probably should have just taken the month off, but here we are. So, yeah. But we like en- we we like enjoying this. We like enjoying, <laughs> we like enjoying it. I mean, we enjoy doing this. So we do. It's just sitting down and and having the conversation. Um, it's just been, it's been exhausting. And for those that are um, maybe not local, we had some really bad tornadoes come through uh, this past weekend, um, hit just a couple miles from our house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everything, we're all good. Uh, we had a gate fall and that was it. We were very, okay, first very of all, and blessed. That gate needed to fall. Well, I don't so. think it actually didn't fall. You said, <laughs> you said... Uh, okay, so I get the message from our next door neighbor. She she messages me. She's like, "Don't let the dogs out in the morning. Your gate fell." And so I walked out in my robe, and there was no gate there. Like it didn't just fall. It picked it up and threw it into the side <laughs> yard. And I just stood there for a good three minutes, staring at it. Like how? How did that happen? How? Like the the physics of that. Like everything about that was fascinating to me. I was like, it would have had to have. Picked it up here and thrown it over here. Nerd. But anyway. It was it was insane. It was scary. It was, you know, three cats, two dogs, two humans crammed into a small bathroom at 2.30 in the yeah. morning. We were super lucky, though. We were very fortunate and blessed. Um, my hometown, not so lucky. Yeah. Um, a lot of things, uh, a lot of places that I grew up with and around and in 
are destroyed. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the mature trees destroyed. Um, I haven't had um, the chance to drive down the, that way to see the destruction because I think it's going to be super emotional. Um, the roads have been closed. Electricity has been gone. But it opens back up tomorrow. So that's usually my, my normal path into town. So I don't know. I haven't decided if I'm going to actually take my normal path or just stay doing this abnormal path for a while. Yeah. Because uh, I've seen pictures, but seeing this in person is very different than seeing it in person. Seeing this in what? person is very different than seeing it in pictures. <laughs> this is how tired we are. It's guys. obviously been a... Uh, I say we. It's a, Well, it's been an emotional week. And then, you know, seeing the destruction and, and knowing... Of course, we know people who've lost everything. But yeah. then seeing also the destruction in other states. Yeah, Ken Kentucky, Kentucky especially. Terrible. Uh, it's been... Yeah, so really if you're listening to this and you're not in our area... Um, just, you know, keep, keep Kentucky, Tennessee, um, and the other, there were other states that also had damage and loss of life. So, uh, tornadoes are not fun, um, at all, but we do appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate you, uh, supporting the episodes, the, the podcast in general. And you know what? Recently we've heard a lot, uh, from some of our listeners. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to our listeners that have been reaching out for zoom meetings uh, just to send a nice note. Um, we've had New Jersey. We've had California. It's just really been Michigan. Michigan. We've had. It's just been really nice, and and I'm I'm really grateful that I get the opportunity to educate across the globe, um, and that you guys care about what I have to say. <laughs> so thank you for that. I and think Brittany has a lot to do with it. And side note: if uh, you emailed us and you haven't gotten one back from us yet, check your spam folder. Yes. Uh, especially if you have a Gmail address, they are filtering our emails like crazy. Oh, well, that's good to know. Yeah, so Okay. Well, good. Yeah. We're not ignoring you. I've One of us has emailed you back. Yeah. Sometimes if it's me, it'll take me a few days up to a week. Brittany's really good about typically 24 to 48 hours. Um, I am not. So if it's just kind of a general thing that she can't handle... She'll leave it for me, and usually by, like, Thursday, I have 40 flagged emails that I need to be checking. Don't worry. I remind her. Yes. I just don't get a lot of time in front of the computer. That's that's the issue there. But uh, enough with all that. Yeah. What are we talking about today? Well, it's not going to be a, a fun episode, this, this I don't think. It's a fluffy feel-good? It's not a fluffy feel-good. Um, I, I think a lot of people are going to be kind of like, oh, crap. Um I was like, oh, crap. Oh, crap. Yeah. It, it's, I want to talk about, and, and we haven't really come up with what this title is going to be, and, and we'll have it by the time we get done with this episode, we'll probably have the title. But I think my, the thing I really want people to understand is that so many people are, are unsure about the emotions of their dog, especially in certain situations. For example, um, we have clients that take their dog to a festival mm -hmm. and the dog doesn't react, um, but isn't overly friendly, just, just kind of almost absorbs themselves into themselves. They just exist. They exist, right? And people think, oh, no, he had a great time. He was great. He didn't lunge at any dogs. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. The fact that he didn't act out doesn't mean he was actually comfortable. Yeah. And I want people to understand that 
by the time a dog is being reactive to something, they're way overboard. They're over threshold. They can't take anymore. It's, it's real similar to growing up. My mother was stressed a lot. It was nothing to have her be reactive. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, she and I did not get along that great. Screaming things, right? I was, I had a smart mouth. I know that's probably a shock to everybody listening. My dad hardly ever raised his voice. But by the time he raised his voice, you were up the creek without a paddle. You were in trouble. You knew. You knew. There's a good chance you're going to die today. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Um, I've only (laughs) seen your dad mildly upset about something one time. And that's like the times he and his brother were working together on a construction project don't count. No, because that's just normal sibling bickering. Right. Uh, but Beavis and Butthead. Actually seeing Dumber, I love them. Upset. <laughs> I, I think one time. And uh, yeah. it's scary because it's so out of the blue. Well, I don't know that it was scary. It's so scary much me. for me as it was like, um, like, oh, shit. All right, then. He's he's at his threshold. Yeah. Like, let's all just yeah diffuse. Well, that's sort of my thing anyway. You're, def- I'm you're gonna all def- about. I'm going to diff- diffuse yeah. the situation. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's different. It's it's different. It's different than when your mom's mad about something. Right. You're like, oh, she's mad. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> it's like, you know. But it, it, again, it goes back to like, well, and I I know I use this as a lot of examples, but it truly is kind of my aunt Pud who was like a second mother to me. Mm -hmm. She yelled at us all the time, not for being bad. She just yelled at us all the time about safety concerns. She was always... She was was a helicopter mom. So helicopter mom. And um, so when she would kind of yell at us about something, we would just totally ignore it. Because she yelled at you all the time. All the time, right? But it was this kind of, again, helicopter scared thing. Um, so, but like a frantic yelling, a frantic, yeah, right. <laughs> I've heard it. I've heard it before. Yeah, I know yelling at her grandson <laughs> and uh, his cousins out in the yard. I mean, it. You get to. A I, point, I giggled yeah. because I we've all had that aunt or that friend's mom yep. in our life who's done that. Yep. You know. Yeah, you just kind of get used to it, and it's kind of like okay, it's there, and so I think that. I think that as humans, we tend to need an exaggerated physical and emotional response in order to recognize that something is an issue. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Right? I can see that. So then when we look at our dogs, and we're not seeing that exaggerated Mm -hmm. physical, emotional response... We think they're comfortable. They're fine. They're fine. Because their behavior is good. Yes. Um, dog being petted by a stranger. Dog was just fine. Just sat there, right? But did the dog really enjoy it? Mm-hmm. Maybe the dog just froze because he didn't know what else to do. Maybe because the dog has tried to give calming signals while being petted, yawning, head turns, quick licks, paw raises, but the petting doesn't stop. Assuming it can do those things... Because it's not being held. Yeah, exactly. Right? What happens when a dog says, gosh, I've tried all these things and nothing works. Mm -hmm. So what ends up happening? I'm going to tell you what happens. 
Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. A dog actually will experience learned helplessness. Now, learned helplessness is a real thing. Um, it's, it's, they've had a lot of studies on it. They've done, you know, it's with humans as well as, as animals. Learned helplessness. So let me explain a little bit about what learned helplessness is. And, and I'm going to get a little nerdy here. I've got my papers. I made some notes so that I didn't forget things. And some people um, may know this as learned vulnerability, correct? I, in the human world? N- actually, they call it learned helplessness in the okay. human world as well. Okay. Yeah. I've heard both, so I didn't know. So it's basically learned helplessness is behavior exhibited by a dog after enduring repeated aversive stimuli beyond their control. This is kind of how dogs that are trained using shock collars, prong collars, this is how dogs look like they're so well-behaved. They just learn to just stop trying to avoid because they can't. They Mm -hmm. can't get away from it. Right. And this is where I call it, your dog is shut down. Mm -hmm. Your dog is in shutdown mode. Your dog is not comfortable. Your dog is in shutdown mode. And I think that, I think people have a hard time seeing that their dog is uncomfortable. They immediately go to something like, my dog's being stubborn and not listening. Mm, All right. Um, perfect example. Today, I um, I was working with a dog who has severe fear, and um, was fine until the um, invisible fence. Mm, okay. Since the invisible fence, the dog is absolutely fearful to go anywhere and everywhere. Will not walk through it, um, even with the collar off, doing the whole process. Literally having to put the dog in the car. Um, watching today, um, I was walking the dog. We got I got the dog into the road by driving it over to the road, and just watch, just working with the dog and walking. And there was a point where we were walking. The dog just stopped and just looked at me. Didn't balk. Didn't growl. Didn't bark. Didn't lunge. Didn't try to, you know, pull back and run in the other direction. It was very subtle. Most people, when they see that, think the dog's just being stubborn. I'm going to stop in my tracks because, well, that's not what I want to do. I don't want to go anywhere. Right. So what do we do? We either start pulling the dog. We start bribing the dog. We start luring the dog. We start doing all these things to try to get the dog to go without stopping and saying, why? Why are you not wanting to move? Mm -hmm. Part of my session was stopping and having the owner recognize that the dog was uncomfortable. Now, did I know what the dog was uncomfortable about? I'm not sure. It could have been a trash can. There were piles of limbs on the side of the road because this place had some damage too. There was a scary snowman, blow up snowman up the street that also houses a dog who's constantly attacking the window when they walk by. So I just stopped and I just waited for the dog to decide kind of what they want to do. If the dog started to go backwards, I walked with him. Mm-hmm. If he moved forward to me, I rewarded him. Good boy. Good job. Good boy. And if he stayed with me, I tried to take a few steps going forward. If he wasn't comfortable, we'd just go back in the other direction. And by doing that, and I actually got some video of it, by doing that, the dog learned that if they were uncomfortable... I would recognize and be respectful of it. Mm -hmm. 
Therefore, because the dog knew I would stop if they said stop, it felt confident enough to walk with me more. Right. And that is so important. Right. We got to make sure that we are recognizing when our dog is uncomfortable and not just assuming because I'm not getting a bunch of pulling and yanking or lunging that the dog is comfortable with what we're doing. Yeah. And that's what you're saying is is really funny because the same thing sort of happened to me today hiking with Isabella. Uh, So we're hiking and this woman is approaching us on the trail and suddenly Isabella is beside me walking and she looks like she's in a perfect heel. I mean, she looks like a rock star. <laughs> not to say she's not great on the trail, but she is walking right beside me, uh, almost touching me, healing. And I realize, like, she's obviously uncomfortable. I know her body language. That's why she's doing this. And the woman saw it, too, and curved around her, which was was really cool. Um but when you're telling the story about your client and you're sort of, you know, the way you're responding to the dog is telling the dog, hey, you can be comfortable with me. I'm going to respect your boundaries. That's really the first time I think I've noticed Isabella doing that, like coming to me for comfort. It's the, it's the first time she's realized like, hey, mom's got my back because, you know, I wasn't yanking her anywhere or you know trying to move her out of the way it was just like i think she's just being stubborn yeah which i I mean i've never done that with her right. i mean it's it's not like a this is a new thing but i think it kind of clicked with her like okay mom's mom's got my back here yeah and, and the same thing uh we, we had a lot of instances today uh we uh we're walking and this woman has her boxer off leash. And I see that. And I immediately <laughs> turn and I'm like, Isabella, this way. And we turn and walk the other way because Isabella also saw it. And she's like, it's okay. My dog's friendly. And I'm thinking, Haha, I've heard that before. And uh, funny story, last dog was not friendly. And sure enough, this dog comes charging at Isabella with teeth. And rather than her reacting she was looking to me for direction. And so we walked the other direction until the woman got her dog and put it on a leash. And I could like, I could see Isabella kind of be like, whew, thanks. You know? And that was, I think that today's the first time that really clicked for me because we had those two different instances where she's just like, uh, cause you know, usually her thing on the trail when she sees somebody is just to stop dead in her tracks. And so, I admit, I mean, there were times where I would just, like, try to move her out of the way. Like, okay, let's go this way. It's going to be fine. But recently, I've just stopped with her. Like, okay. Yeah. We'll stop. It's fine. And so I think that that's why she today was, like, looking to me for, like, you got my back. Yeah. And she's like, okay, cool. And then the rest of the hike was great. I mean, she wasn't shut down at all. She wasn't anxious. She was like, squirrels. This is great. This is a great day. Uh, so, yeah. it's. But from the outside looking in, she looked like the perfect dog. I mean, yeah. she was like right beside me healing. And and that's how people know. think a lot. Oh, well, the dog is sitting while other dogs are walking by. Look how under control they are. Are they really? They could be sitting. 
and still not feel in control inside. Right. Right. And and to bring up that, I've had clients to where their dog would walk perfectly next to them off leash anywhere. And it was like, yeah, that's great. The problem is the motivation is wrong. Mm-hmm. The motivation was the dog was too scared to venture away. So we started rewarding the dog for venturing away mm-hmm. to build that which, confidence Which up. seems counterintuitive yeah. when you're training a dog. Right. But that relationship. We have to understand. Yes. So. That relationship. And Trust. My dog is almost three years old and we're still developing. This is not a overnight fix and and i know we have people who want like a quick fix yep and because that's not a thing as the dog ages they're going to be having new emotions new likes new dislikes and it is it's a it's a constant developing relationship just like our our marriage yeah with your kids yeah it's we're growing every every day you and i are growing and we have to learn that that's a part of it. And so we're constantly kind of redefining the relationship. Um, and, and I think that's something that people need to realize is that your dog is trying to communicate with you and they want you to know what those emotions look like. And that there are times that you do need to be that upper management like you were with her today. And, and that's saying, I know more about this world than you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Kim Brophy, for that. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know more about sure. this world than you. So I've got your back. Yeah. I'm not automatically assuming you're being an asshole. You don't want to walk. You're being dis. Oh, my favorite. You're trying to be dominant or the alpha. Bullshit. Yeah. The dog is like, I am scared. It's like a child pulling away from Santa Claus. How many of y'all have had that with young children? Oh, for right? sure. Where you want them to go sit on Santa's lap and they're pulling in the opposite direction and you're trying to encourage them to do something that's super yeah. fearful. What is that going to do with the trust? If you force that child to go sit on Santa's lap because you want a picture and you think, oh, if they just sit there, they'll know they'll be fine. What is that doing to the trust? Mm-hmm. And and there's a difference in, I know more about this world than you do. You're going to be okay. Go do it. It's all going to be fine. And I know more about this world than you do. I recognize that this is scary because you don't have the experience I have. Those are two different things. Yes. So just... Yeah. And let me help you. Yeah. I'll recognize. First, I'm going to recognize what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to head in the direction that's appropriate. I think the biggest thing about this episode that I want people to understand, not just learn helplessness, but that what you're seeing from your dog may not be exactly what their emotions are. We've got to start getting to the emotions. Yeah. And understanding that they do have emotions. They have fear. They have nervousness. They have insecurities. They have um, a lack of understanding in this world that's changing on a daily basis. Look how much it's just changed in human world from 2019 to now. Right. And we have to learn how to kind of uh, go about it in, in ways that maybe we've not done before. So we really need to be a little bit more empathetic yeah more aware we need to stop educating ourselves on how to make our dogs obedient and start educating our dog educating ourselves on how to develop a true relationship with my dog and how to read my dog's emotions all right we do our communication seminar but honestly i don't even think that's enough i think that i could do a whole nother seminar 
Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. Because our communication seminar is about avoiding stress, avoiding conflict, confrontation, dealing with stress. But it's, I, it's I think there's the so basic, much more. It's the basic, yeah. you know. Because your dog is not, every time they're nervous, going to give you a quick lick or a yawn or a head turn. Because guess what? That learned helplessness comes in. They go, well, this doesn't work. For some dogs, that means they're going to go to resort to level three of snapping, biting, you know, and being very reactive. Mm-hmm. But some dogs just go, I'm just going to sit here. Yeah. How many times have we watched dogs? Oh, and this drives me crazy. And I'm going to bring it up again because I bring it up all the time where we were at an, an event and some local trainers uh, were walking around with their dogs. This, this pisses me off. I mean, I so was bad. there, but it's still. I know, and, and she wouldn't let me say anything. Um, I really wanted to go up and ask them hey, take the shock collar off your dog and let's see how well your dog behaves. All right. These dogs were walking around off-leash, meaning there was no leash attached to the dog and to the handler. The leash was invisible, um, and it was a shock collar. And they're walking around with remote controls. And they're walking around trying to advertise their business that, look how good our dogs are. Those dogs were, one, miserable. The ears were back. The tails were down. They were slinking. Their heads were below their shoulder blades. Every time they tried to say hi to somebody, they would get a zap. Uh, so guess what they're teaching the dog? Don't, mm-hmm. you know, people are bad. People are awful. But these dogs, they weren't. And people are like, oh, wow. No, not oh, wow. These dogs are not choosing to be this way. The dog has just learned how to avoid that punishment, that shock, that scary thing. The dog's not well behaved. The dog has yeah. learned helplessness. And, and really, it makes me sad because... Today, when I was leaving my client, um, I use a stopwatch. Mm -hmm. On my watch, I use the stopwatch, so I keep up with how much time I'm with my client. So when I was getting in the car, the dog was near me. I was getting in the car. I was still talking to the clients. I hit the stop button, which my sound is on. I didn't mean for it to be on. And it went beep. And then I hit it again to reset. Beep. The dog literally almost hit the ground on its belly. Was so afraid that they were about to get shocked. From some PTSD, man. Yes. People don't realize it. It's always interesting to me when I see uh, people in public with shock collars on their dogs. The remotes are always hidden in their pockets. I'm like, if you actually think this works and you think it's okay, why don't you have the remote out in your hand? Or how about you just don't want to have to have carry things in your no, hand? No, I mean, I just think it's, it's telling. It that- is. That it's that they have it, their hands in their pockets. It is, and they're controlling yeah. the remote from in their pockets. Yeah. and I'm like, you know, that's no, that's like someone who like I may have a gun in my pocket. Yeah, is it there? You don't know. I you mean, don't know, it's, but I can threaten you with it. Yeah, you know. threatening me with a gun. I never have to see the gun to comply with what you want me to do, mm-hmm. because the threat itself. Is the punishment. Mm-hmm. So when people have a shot call on the dog, they say, well, I don't even have to use it. But you are using it. But you are. Well, I only have to beep it. Okay. That's just as punishing as saying, I have a gun in my pocket. And if you don't do what I tell you, I'm going to shoot you. Yep. I never have to see the gun. Ooh. So recently we had um, a student in one of our classes. That hurts. Um, who had a reactive dog. And um, group class just wasn't right for the dog. Um, but... The owner decided to go to more of a balanced training lifestyle because 
in this client's mind was that um, positive reinforcement will only go so far. Um, I probably should send that video of the uh, puffer fish um, doing um, recognition. First of all, thanks for that. <laughs> the puffer fish, right? Yeah, you don't fish anymore because I'm never yeah, the puffer anymore. fish was being trained to see a symbol and then find the symbol and pick it out of multiple um, symbols. You can look it up. Um, but... What that client's thinking about is my dog is lunging and barking at other dogs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the lunging and barking of other dogs is happening because there's a lack of socialization. Therefore, there's a fear, anxiety there. So what's going to happen with this um, balanced training, which is just, let's be real, balanced trainers are going to focus more on using shot collars or positive punishment, which is adding something unpleasant to stop a behavior. So they're going to use a shock collar on this dog so that when it lunges and barks at another dog, they're going to get shocked. What's going to happen is this external behavior of this dog is going to change. This dog is going to stop lunging and barking. I promise you that. But did we fix the emotion of the dog? So that's where I'm going with this lack of reaction. Lack of reactivity doesn't mean comfort. Right. Just because the dog's no longer lunging, hey, congratulations, great job, you're a wonderful trainer. Bullshit. You just took a dog that was so fearful of something and punished them for exhibiting that fearfulness and then patting yourself on the back that you fixed it. How helpless that dog must feel. No shit. Why in this country are we not outlawing this? It I is straight up abuse. no idea. I mean, it. it's sort of like... Um, and we've talked about this before, kids who are spanked. And, of course, there are, you know, I can sit here and say, okay, I was spanked, which I was, and it didn't affect me. But actually, yeah, I did. There are things that growing up, I wouldn't even try. I wouldn't, you know, because I was like, well, I might get in trouble. And getting in trouble meant I'll get spanked. And so that carries on and... This is science. Just this saying. is science. I'm not just making this up. This isn't anecdotal. This is science. A child who's spanked to curb behavior for obedience will not try things, even as an adult, for fe- fear of failure. And failure ultimately means punishment. Punishment. And like I'm, I love my parents, and I, you know. That was sort of the generation, right? Of yeah, I got spanked. Yeah, it worked. Worked for my dad. It's good enough for me. Yep. Uh, and no, like that breeds anxiety. It breeds fear. It makes people not do things. You know, they don't try things. There's no problem solving. They're scared to get outside the box of that safety net. Exactly. And they, they know. And, and then we're supposed to look at them and say, "Oh, look how obedient they are." Yeah. Look how well-rounded that they yeah. just have their shit together. No, they're just too damn scared to do anything. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's it, it. It's just it, it really. It, I sometimes don't even have words because I know sometimes the words that I want to come out are not necessarily <laughs> professional. There are a lot of four-letter words um, in there. Because for me, I want people to understand the emotion of the dog. I have tried to get away from obedience for years. Mm -hmm. That's why I've stopped calling it obedience. I call it real life manners. 
Mm-hmm. Real life Rover, real life manners. Like manners are appropriate. Absolutely. Y'all. You should have manners. Everybody should have manners. Absolutely. You and your dog should too. Shouldn't be beaten if you don't pick up you don't use the right fork. Okay, I was never beaten for not picking up the right fork, but I was told. <laughs> but I also I'm, couldn't have my elbows on the table. But I'm saying, you know, obviously that's an extreme Right. But it does I'm sure it happens. You know, but when we talk about the ruler on the wrist kind of uh, analogy, yeah, I mean, okay, so I'm going to get a little scientifically nerdy here, and I'm going go yes. to go. I'm going to go to this. Um, I left up this uh, research. There was some research done, um, and I'm just going to read it. Um, and it comes from um, Stetson, I believe. Um, it's a research paper, but it's about uh, learn helpless. Helplessness. And um, it was actually, it's a really fascinating kind of study. It's not nice. Obviously, most of those in the 60s were not nice. You know, they used a lot of shock on animals and things. But um, I just want to read this a little bit <laughs> not off. Not a humane study. Is not what a I'm humane hearing. study, but okay. it's, it's really fascinating, though. And it's just, just a, a paragraph or two I want you to, I want to read out to you guys. Um, it says, many studies have been done on Seligman's concept of learned helplessness. In 1967, Seligman and Meyer performed an experiment in which dogs were harnessed and exposed to painful electric shocks. These dogs, the experimental group, so group A, had no way of escaping from the electric shock. The experimental group, group A, of dogs was compared to a control group, group B, that did not experience any shocks. Then the two groups were each placed into a two-compartment shuttle box with electric shocks coming from the floor. The control group, which was group B, they've not had any shocks, discovered that to escape the shocks, all they had to do was jump the barrier into the safe side of the compartment. The experimental group, group A, did not attempt to jump the barrier. They simply laid on the floor and gave up. The conclusions of this study were that the experimental group learned the shock was inescapable and independent of their response. Total shutdown. First of all, I'm glad we don't perform experiments like that. But we do still with rats. Okay. Yeah. Well, we can get into that too. Mm -mm. We're not going to. I'm not going to. That's real shitty. (laughs) It is, and you know what? I'm going to link. I'm going to link this article but, but in the is, show notes so that you guys can go and read it if you want. But it um, is. Uh, I mean, paper. It, there it is in black and white. This, in black and white, it's right there. This it, it is tells what you. it does. So yay, yay for y'all that are using those e collars. That your dog is so well behaved, and it works so well. Yeah, it works well <laughs> because it puts the dog in a state of learned helplessness. Yeah. It, this sort of thing makes me not get angry when my dog jumps up on the counter to try to get something. Oh, you mean because they're dogs? Because she's and because she's foraging or trying things. She's trying. Well, it's, we go back to like, the um, the the um, consequences of building. Com- uh, oh, yeah. Consequences of building confidence. Yeah. And I yeah. tell people when you start to build your dog's confidence, one of the first things that's going to happen they is do they're some going annoying to, shit. Yes, that they've never done before. Jake. Right? Oh, they started they started counter surfing. They've never done that before. And I'm like, yay. He's trying things. He's trying things. That is amazing. And people look at me like, what? But when I get a dog who just shuts down, doesn't want to do anything, 
Are they well-behaved or are they just learned helplessness? We've got to start recognizing our dog's emotions. Period. All right? Ears, face, tail, body. Is the dog in a freezing moment? Are they breathing? Is it rapid breathing? Is it a rapid heart rate? Is it slow breathing relaxed? Is it, you know, what does this look like? One of the things that you can do to get you a baseline is to do a little free work with your dog. Now, I'm not going to get into free work in this episode because it's a lot, but I will give you the resources that you need. Um, Look up free work, Sarah Fisher, and it will give you all the information you need. But it's basically enrichment stations that allows your dog just to free roam through and kind of pick where they're comfortable, what they like, what they enjoy. And it allows you to see the body movements when they are relaxed. So then you can see when that relaxation is gone, what does it look like? Is there some tension? Right? Did the tail drop? Did it just stop moving? Uh, and, and every dog is going to be a little different at what those bodies look like. But you need to start finding a baseline with your dog when they are relaxed and happy and not just thinking, oh, my dog's not barking at the mailman. They must be comfortable. They must be comfortable with the mailman because they're not barking and lunging. So I'm going to let my dog go visit the mailman. And then the mailman reaches down to pet and the dog bites him. Okay, my dog is comfortable with the male person. Yeah, I know, because your dog's comfortable with everybody, but <laughs> unless they're out of context, and that's a border unless collie thing. So Unless they're on a hiking trail. <laughs> a hiking trail, it's out of context. But it's like, then we're surprised that the dog bit. When we go, no, the dog did not bite for no reason. You just assumed what the dog was feeling. And then the dog got into a situation that was too uncomfortable. Yeah. So I think that... To kind of start wrapping this up, because we are trying to keep these things a little bit shorter. Um, you got to learn to read your dog. And don't automatically jump to this. My dog's being a jerk. Um, my dog is comfortable around certain environments because they walk with me. Um, and, and I see this where I, I have dogs that walk the neighborhood. And the dog is not enjoying it at all. Mm-hmm. Right? They're going. But they're not enjoying it. They're going because they're hoping for a different (laughs) turnout, right? They're hoping they're going somewhere else. Or they're going because they want to be with the person really bad, but they don't really enjoy it. Yeah. It's like me going to a concert with you because I want to be with you, but I'm not really enjoying the concert. I just really feel like, though, you would enjoy my concert if you just went. I'm not sure. This is a whole different conversation. Right? (laughs) (laughs) But then if I go to that concert with you, then you're going to have expectations of me in the future. Um, because I was like, I didn't complain. <laughs> Doesn't mean I enjoyed it. I'm pretty sure you would. Yeah, if you thinks. didn't enjoy it, you would complain. She thinks. So keep in mind, if you take your dog to the dog park, um, or you go to a big box store, you take them to events, just because they're not being reactive or they're not looking like what we think a bad dog looks like, it doesn't mean they're comfortable and that they're actually enjoying themselves. Period. Period, boo. Period, boo. So I, I would love to expand on this. Uh, I have to, we'll have to kind of sit down and, and see what that looks like to expand on this. But just to get you guys thinking, start thinking. Start thinking about if you're having family over for Christmas. Does your dog really enjoy being with all the family with 14 kids running around screaming? 
just because the dog isn't running and nipping at their heels or barking at them or lunging at them? Are they really enjoying it? Don't automatically assume that your dog um, is comfortable doing something just because you're not seeing external behavior that makes you feel uncomfortable. Period. Yep. Get to know your dog. Stop worrying about obedience. Get to know your dog. Have a relationship. And really understand who they are. What they like. What they don't like. What's uncomfortable. What's not uncomfortable. Yeah. That's what I got. And insane. And insane. All right. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, again, hey, you know what, guys? i telling you, we love hearing from you. I can't even tell you how exciting it makes me and how much energy it gives me when I wake up in the mornings and I have an email from a listener. I absolutely love it. And um, and even more when you guys are like asking for Zoom consults um, to, to uh, have me help you. I love it. I love hearing from you. I am so appreciative, so grateful. Um, and also we have some new merchandise that's going to be coming up that Brittany is not as thrilled about as I am. Uh, we're waiting for the sample pieces to come in and then we will have it on the website for you guys to buy. And if you've not checked out our merchandise, we already have merchandise. We do. Yeah. So just go to our website and go to the shop page and you can order merchandise, um, you know, and, and be that dog speak geek that you need to be. Um, because if you are listening to this, if you're binging these episodes, you're a dog speak geek, my friend. And I think you need to have something that shows that. Um, and maybe we need to get our dog speak geek shirts. Um, back out. Uh, we used to have our dog speak geek shirts. So maybe we need to get those back up on the, the website. Uh, so yeah, we want to hear from you. And um, and we really do appreciate you guys so very much. Um, and I do hope that if this is the last episode of the year, I hope you have a wonderful holiday and a, and a happy new year. We are going to try to put out two more episodes. I just can't promise you much of anything right now because it is crazy. We have guests coming in. We're busy. Um, this is usually a very busy I mean, a, a big time of um, cancellations, but we haven't really had as many cancellations as nope. I sometimes want to cross my fingers for. Um, but it's it's just been it's been good, and we have um, we have a new trainer that's going to be joining our team uh, in 2022, and we'll let you guys know more about that uh, in the near future. But uh, we appreciate you guys, Brittany. Any last uh, little words of, of words of wisdom as being that pet owner that you are and. You've grown so much as a and pet owner um, and understanding these things. And you've actually become a little more nerdy about this stuff. And I, I love it. Mm, yeah, but my nerdiness is for a whole other episode. And <laughs> Maybe we'll have a random episode where you it's and I just, just real talk. dark. It's just real dark. We should just have a bottle of wine and just oh. talk. And- All right. Well, maybe that'll be one of the new episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that we'll just, you know, maybe we should do a live for Patreon. Have yeah. you ever thought about that? If we could do a live uh, event for Patreon. We sure could. So we'll talk about it. But I uh, hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the week. Please be safe. And um, and let us know if you have any ideas on some episodes. Um, if you have questions, if you want to set up a Zoom consult. Um, and then, you know what? Do your you know do your research and, and watch your dog. And, and understand that, that sometimes those emotions run deep. And... Um, and it's like that quiet kid in the corner. Is he quiet because he's a good kid or is he quiet because he's too scared to open his mouth? And I'll just leave it there. Y'all have a wonderful week. <laughs>